broadcasting simultaneously from Midland and the City of Angels. Welcome to another episode of the aptly named podcast about no topic and extreme specificity. I'm Josh, along with my co-host and resident boffin, Dan. Say hi to the folks, Dan. Hello. You may notice that I am coming to you in a bit higher fidelity today. Uh, I have revamped my setup so that I have a real microphone, a real interface, and we're going to talk about that today. We're going to talk about basically how we make the sausage here at the podcast about no topic and extreme specificity, how we record Daniel, how we record me, and the challenges that come along with you know recording when we're on opposite sides of the country. So first, we're going to talk about the way we used to do things up until today, the old and busted. Um, basically, what we did was we hopped on Discord, which you all might be familiar with. I used my gaming headset. Obviously, you all know Dan. He's the audiophile. He had, you know, the proper way of doing things. Dan, why don't you talk a little bit about, A, the proper way of doing things that you have set up over there, and B, how you recorded me to put this ep the episodes together. Yep. So the... The main uh, nucleus of a recording setup for me was the audio interface. I used to have an old Tascam US 800 interface from like 2009. And I got to the point where I couldn't even get it to run on Windows 10 because it was so old. Um, it is a USB device and it requires drivers and I, I couldn't get it to run. So... I upgraded, um, did a lot of research. Um, there's a good YouTube channel called Podcastage, Podcastage, I'm not sure. Um, and he does reviews on all kinds of microphones and interfaces and equipment for podcasting. Uh, very helpful. Check him out if you're interested in getting into it. Um, so I decided on the Motu M2 based on some, some basic features and some nice to haves. Uh, first of all, Motu is a, is a pretty reputable brand, uh, for, you know, digital audio equipment. Um, and the reason you need an interface is because your microphone will put out an only analog signal. It's like it's like playing a record. Um, so you need to be able to take that and translate it to something that your computer can record and interact with. So the audio interface will take your microphone input, uh, digitize it, analog to digital conversion, send that to your computer over USB where your computer records it, and then your computer can then send audio back to the audio interface where there's a digital to analog conversion, and then you can plug in your headphones and listen to it back. Um, so again, that is the like most important piece of equipment. Like when you plug in your gaming headset to your gaming PC, it's doing the same thing. It's just all on the motherboard of your, of your PC. Um, but what an audio interface allows you to do is be able to plug in more different things and do more with it. So there's adjustable gain. You get 48 volt phantom power for condenser microphones. Uh, you can get direct low latency monitoring, uh, you know, various headphone and speaker outputs and various knobs and switches and things. 
So one thing really nice about the M2 is that there are two inputs on the front and each one has an independent selectable switch for 48 volt phantom power to power a microphone. So I can have a condenser microphone on input one and I can have a guitar or a dynamic microphone on input two and not worry about sending 48 volts to something that shouldn't be seeing 48 volts. Uh, there's also independent uh, direct monitoring switches for each of the channels. And one thing that a lot of more budget audio interfaces don't have is a power switch. Um, so I can just turn it off when I'm done and then my PC will just revert back to my, my other audio equipment. Um, so that's what I use. Um, I used to use an SM58, which is, I would say, a, a legendary microphone. It's a dynamic microphone. It's intended for live onstage vocals. Uh, but it's pretty good at you know noise rejection and handling noise and, and things like that, and it sounds pretty good. Um, but when you were here, Josh, we uh, went around looking at microphones, and I kind of lusted after the Aston microphones, and then I found an Aston Origin, and that's what I'm talking to you now on. It's a condenser microphone, so I had to turn on the phantom power. And it should sound a little more, a little more bright and airy, a little more crisp in the top end. Uh, it'll also pick up more uh, details in my voice, more lip smacking and uh, unpleasant things, uh, and more background noise probably. And then Josh, I gave you a condenser microphone as well, which will kind of have some of the similar characteristics. Yeah, why don't why don't you talk about you know how we used to do things with on my end of things because we would always just kind of get on Discord and just kind of have our conversation and then you would somehow you know put that all get, all together. So why don't you talk a little bit about that? Right, I forgot. Um, so on Discord, uh, I am receiving a sound from Discord and playing it back through my system to hear you. Uh, so in my audio uh, software, uh, or DAW, Digital Audio Workstation, something like that, the, the audio software that I use to record, um, I on my Motu M2, I can take an output and loop it back as an input which is another reason why I chose this audio interface is because I kind of knew that I would need to be able to do that. So on my first channel, I have myself recording on a microphone and then the second channel, or, or I'm sorry, track, not channel in the software is a, a loop back, a stereo loop back of signal that it's outputting and then reverting back as an input and also outputting it. So that's how that works. Gotcha. So basically you have it, you know, sort of recording 
what it's hearing from me on Discord. Is that that kind of right? Right. Okay, got it. And so, you know, we we had our our last episode was our first, you know, being in the same room podcast, and we noticed that I sounded quite a bit better on a real microphone rather than you know just the little you know, stem that comes off of my gaming headset and, you know, having an actual, you know, recording track rather than, you know, going through Discord and having the con- the condensation from that being streamed over the internet and then you recording that. So, you know, you were fortuitous enough to get that, you know, fancy new microphone. So you were kind enough to give me this. I'm not 100% certain what kind of microphone this is. I know it's a global audio, but I don't know the exact model. Maybe, maybe you remember, um, yeah, but now know. I've got, I've got that. And, um, we were able to, um, find a decent entry point, um, audio interface, the euphoria UM2. Uh, this is a really good, like I said, entry point, uh, audio interface. It's around 45 bucks. It's nothing fancy. You know, you pick it up and you're already kind of thinking, ah, oh, shoot, man, when can I, uh, when can I upgrade to something a little nicer? It's feels really light and cheap plastic but you know it gets the job done it comes with a really nice cable to hook up to your microphone uh it's a two by two usb audio interface uh 48 kilohertz resolution um it's got all kinds of i wouldn't say it's got all kinds of like fun tools it's got three knobs on it you know basically everything you need but you know i would say i sound better uh we had to turn off the air conditioning that's not something i've had to do before I had to turn off the uh, fan over on the other side of the apartment. That's not something I've had to do before. Um, so now the way we're doing things is we're I'm recording my own track. I'm going to send the track to Daniel after we're done here, and he's going to sync it up. Uh, are there any technical challenges that you'll have to maybe overcome with doing that, Dan? Um, I think it'll mainly have to do with synchronization because if you're off by you know, a little bit, it can become pretty obvious pretty quick. So I am actually also recording from Discord as a backup, just in case. And I can kind of reference that in real time and kind of like match them up in the tracks too. Okay, so you're, you're actually going to have to do a little bit of audio wizardry then. I mean, not, not terribly. Um, But it's going to be a little, Correct me if I'm wrong. It's going to be a little bit more work than you usually have to do because usually when we're recording, it automatically syncs it all up, right? Well, yeah, we're having a real time conversation, and it's it's all there in in time reference already. Right, right. So it's it's probably going to be a little bit more involved than what you're used to, but I would say the quality is going to be worth it, right? Yeah, yeah, I think so. It'll be much closer to what we had last time. Great. You you listeners will have to uh, have to let us know if it was if it was worth it. Uh, I also picked myself up a boom arm, just a cheap one off of Amazon with a pop filter. It looks really professional. Looks like I know what I'm doing. I will say it's a little bit of a pain if you're trying to work on a dual monitor setup. It kind of renders one of your monitors a little bit useless. And you kind of have to look around it and everything, but uh, I think that uh, it's worth it if you have limited space. 
uh, if you don't necessarily have room on your desk to, you know, have a microphone stand and have it set up, or if you don't want to have to hold the microphone the whole time you're recording, uh, you listeners know that sometimes Daniel and I can can go on a bit um, for various durations, and you know, holding a microphone would kind of get old after a while. So the boom arm, I do, I do recommend it. Um, Daniel, maybe we should maybe explore, you know, if they're looking for a audio interface and uh, they maybe don't want the Euphoria UM2 or they don't want uh, what you have, maybe we should just get into general kind of characteristics of an interface and what to look for. Yeah, so I think in general you want something that can, you know, provide phantom power for different types of microphones um you want something that has pretty low noise um i think the behringer has a, a little bit a little bit of extra noise in the preamps um you know it, it has to take a microphone signal and boost it by like 60 db sometimes which is a lot it, it's like several orders of magnitude and if there's any amount of noise that can be amplified there, it gets amplified. So that is one key attribute to, you know, it sounding good. Um, but basically, I mean, you just have to have the right stuff that plugs into it. Um, you know, it has to have the right physical connections and it has to sound good. And that's, that's basically it, really. You can... Maybe you just covered it, but can you get it a little bit into um, what? What's I guess the difference between you know my forty-five dollar you know cheap entry level interface and your nicer interface? Is it just you know bells and whistles capabilities, or is there you know a huge? Are we going to get a big audio quality difference? I guess the audio quality will be higher on mine. There will be less noise. Uh, mine can record at 24-bit, 192 kilohertz. It can capture a lot more information from the audio feed. Uh, it's also made out of metal. The knobs are metal. It has nicer connectors, stuff like that. Um, so in general, it's kind of everything is better, <laughs> which is okay. kind of what you would expect. Yeah, and so you said 192 kilohertz, correct? Yeah. I would be not doing my job on this podcast if I didn't point out for the listeners that 192 kilohertz is more than 48 kilohertz, which is what the UM2 does. Yes. <laughs> so basically you're going to get a better audio quality recording. Yeah, there will be there will be the ability to capture more more detail and nuance and you know, a little, little nicer, uh, more pleasing sound. Um, if you, if you really want to get into, you know, what's the, what's the inherent sound of the preamps in this audio interface, then you'll have to go to YouTube and, you know, listen to some shootouts and comparisons and stuff and get a feel for what kind of sound you're going for. But, in general, a lot of these audio interfaces are tuned to be completely flat and neutral, 
Uh, they don't really sound warm or detailed. Usually some of them do, and some of them have you know a switch that you can hit that makes it sound more vintagey. Um, so it, that, that's kind of up to you. But like I said, in general, it has to be able to connect the stuff that you need to connect, and it has to be able to you know, process that signal in a way that sounds good. Let's go into the software that we use. Now, you've got me, and I think you use the same one using this this Reaper software. It's a it's a free software, um, but it's kind of an it can be kind of intimidating. Uh, it's it's a lot. Um, I feel like you know somebody could probably figure it out pretty easily if they spent more than the ten seconds that I spent to call you in for help. Um, why don't you talk about a little bit why we chose this software? I chose Reaper because it's full fat. It has all the features. It can do all the things that, you know, full professional software can do, but it is free with an asterisk. Um, you can do a quote unquote free trial, but you're supposed to pay like 60 bucks for it after a certain amount of time, but you can just say, I'm still trying it. <laughs> um, but it's a really great software. It's very customizable. Uh, you can change the look and feel of it. You can change how it works. Uh, you can you have all kinds of included plugins and and uh, effects. Um, so it I think it's a really great option for somebody who wants to, you know, really get into it. I, I have a template set up, so every time we, we record, I have all the same tracks set up, I have all the inputs set up, I have all my effects already calibrated, and I can just hit record and go. And then, you know, tweak a few things and then render it out, and, it's, and it renders out to the same file path with the same settings, and it's all you know, pretty well automated. Um, so I like that you can do that in Reaper. Um, Audacity is another great option. I've tried using it a few times. It's been a while and I didn't really try it that much, but I think it's a little bit limited, but that's another great free option for most people getting started. It is a little bit more intuitive than Reaper. There's less, there's less wall of information at you. Um, but it's still free open source software. That's well worth looking into. Um, I also, when I'm doing any kind of like music or creative, um, recording, then I, I like Ableton live. Um, that's just the one I've kind of chosen to go with and use. Uh, I, I kind of like the way it looks and feels and I like, I like, I like the effects and instruments and stuff and, um, so that's just a, a very personal choice. You can try all kinds of stuff with a free trial and figure out what works best for you or, you know, watch some YouTube and see what people do with it. Um, Pro Tools, you'll hear quite a bit. That's kind of the industry standard, but it's also very expensive. It's kind of the Adobe of, of, of recording audio. But um, yeah, I like Reaper. Um, I think it does everything and more than I'll ever need to do. And I don't necessarily have to pay for it, even if I should. 
that's kind of all I've got. Do you have anything else you want to talk about? Um, no, I think we, we pretty well covered it. I mean, if you really want to get into recording, you'll have to think about room acoustics and, you know, you mentioned you have to turn off the air conditioner and the fan and all that. And when I was in Texas, I would just leave the air conditioner on, which is why you always heard a hum in the podcast, but, um, I didn't care enough to turn it off. So (laughs) yeah, it's, it's just, uh, it's a fun hobby and uh, you can definitely get into any number of rabbit holes. It, it really is. And you know, the, the barrier to entry is really just, do you have a microphone and do you have a way to record audio? <laughs> yeah. It. So anyone can do it obviously because we're doing it. So if we can do it, anybody can do it. Yep. Even a caveman can do it. Yeah. So that's going to do it for us here on the podcast about no topic and extreme specificity. Signing off. I'm Josh. He's Dan. Say sayonara, Dan. Sayonara.